Does anybody in here listen to podcasts? This is not a word I've seen before, podcasts. I don't even know if I'm saying it correctly. Anyways, there's a gentleman here who says he's making a podcast and it can help you with your problems. Apparently, all you need to do is write in a question or a problem or an issue that you're having, and he will help you sort it out. Sir, is that right? What's going on here? Hey, friends, would you gather around me while I read you some stories and negativity? Let me give you an energy lobotomy. Take bullshit, turn it into positivity. You got a problem, so does he, so does she. But I wish you could see what it is that I see. You ain't all alone. You can lay it on me. You can lay it on me. You can lay it on me. God damn it. I don't. Is this the, is podcast the word? Is that how you say it? That's how it's spelled. Is anybody going to answer me? All right, fine. Let's just let this guy do his show. Here you go, buddy. Stage is yours. What is up, Sally's and Steve-O's? Thanks, everybody, for joining me to on another week. My name is Noel Thomas, and this is the Lay It On Me podcast, where I take your problems and turn them into good shit. Um, just some real quick business stuff. If you guys have questions that you'd like to ask me or um, situations or anything that you'd like to send my way, you can voice, sorry, you can leave me a voicemail or send me a text at 971-266-0326, fully anonymous, or you can email me at layitonmeshow at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Instagram, that is layitonmepodcast. Thank you so much for joining. Um, recently, I posted on my Instagram that I am trying to get better at road rage. Um, it's still it's still going on, you know. I'm still working on it. I just today there was a guy who was stopped at a green light and he was on his phone. And so what I tried to do was, before I reacted, I tried to take like a deep breath and and then give the guy some time. And by that time, he had not moved. So I just really laid on my horn and then said some expletives to myself, which is not where I want to be. <laughs> so it, I'm still a work in progress. And that's okay. Um, because, you know, working through stuff and getting better as a person should take time. It shouldn't be kind of an instantaneous type of thing. So, excuse me. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think this particular challenge for me, um, it's kind of like handed down from my dad, right? He has like a good amount of road rage. Um, and I think it's a little bit of a learned behavior, not that it's, you know, not that it's his fault or anything. Um, but it is one of those things where it's kind of gets ingrained, you know, it's more of like a practice rather than an actual emotional investment into something like, I'm, if I think about it, I don't know if I'm really, if I'm actually angry, but the practice of getting angry for someone acting like, you know, like that on the road or not abiding by the rules that the rest of us have to follow, things like that, they make me upset because ultimately I care about like fairness, things being fair for everybody. And I think that's like, it's very deep rooted in there. But when I think about it, I actually take some time. I, you know, I don't get mad at strangers, really. I just get mad that the rules aren't being followed, I think is what it is. And at the end of the day, it's really not worth getting mad about, you know, because those people are, could be having a shitty day or like the guy just wasn't paying attention at the light today. Uh, maybe he was looking at something important on his phone, whatever, you know, I can give everybody the benefit of the doubt. 
Um, but it is, it's a process. It takes time and it's also a practice. I think road rage is a practice and it's just a practice that I have to move away from, which is fine. Um, anyway, so that's what's going on with me this week. I know you don't care. So let's get into some questions. Um, so, uh, Jody from Boise wrote in and she wrote three questions. Now, originally I was going to try to tackle all three of these in one episode, but they're just way too in-depth for me to do that. So I'm going to spread these out, and I won't do them back to back to back. Um, We'll have them in different weeks, and they'll pop up every once in a while. Um, But but that's fine. You know what I mean? Like I'm happy that she wrote in these questions because they're all really great, and they're all very um, specific and and deep-rooted. But today's question is about sobriety. And for those people who are listening, I'm a little over three years sober now, Um, and it is, it's changed my life, um, for completely for the better. I was a complete alcoholic and also addicted to opiate pills when I was quite a bit younger. Um, but now I'm, I'm on the straight and narrow. Um, I found some strategies outside of AA, um, and some other, uh, groups around sobriety. For me, I don't like those groups. Um, not, I don't think they're bad. I think they're wonderful because they're helping people. But for me, I didn't like those groups because they took my power away. Um, especially with AA, it, they kind of place a lot of the ownership on like a higher power. And I never want to live in a world where I'm not in control of my situation and I can't make things better for myself or worse for myself. I want to be in charge of the path of my life. And I think the, you know, I think the AA model is just more about giving up, um, giving power to, to God, to a higher power, things like that. And for me, it just doesn't resonate and it doesn't work and it doesn't, it doesn't motivate me, I guess I should say. It doesn't motivate me to, to stay sober. Um, so I've decided to share a few strategies that I had um, with this person. But first, let me read Jody's question. So here's the question. Tips on navigating emotions in early sobriety. Those emotions you used to drink away are still there, but now you have to face and acknowledge them. How? Okay, so that's great. Um, that's a very, you know, that's a that's a very good question because a lot of people are sober for different reasons. Um, some people are addicts. Some people are dealing with mental health issues. Um, some people are dealing with emotional issues. Um, there's a lot of things at play. So the reason that people use substances to get through a day, uh, it varies, you know. And so now that I have a, a better idea at what you're battling and why, you know, and and why you're using um, alcohol or, or or other substances, I don't know. Um, but why you're using those things, it sounds like, is to kind of dull some emotions that you're having, which is you know, which is. I, I think it's pretty common, honestly, and especially in the United States. Um, that's a very common practice. It's like you you celebrate stuff with a drink. If you're feeling shitty, you have a drink. If you go through a breakup, you have a drink. Like there's all these emotional things tied to substances. Um, so I'm, I'm going to break this down into some strategies for you, but then also I want to give you something to think about um, at, at the end of the episode. So the first thing, is that we establish you're using substances to manage your emotions. So what I would suggest to you is go back to a time where you weren't drinking or um, it doesn't even have to be before you were drinking age. Let's just say you went through some shit in your, in your adult life and 
and you hadn't been drinking or you didn't use alcohol to battle some emotions, what did you do then? You know, like what was your, what was your game plan for that? And I think more often than not, what you'll find is that your game plan was to let yourself feel those emotions and then manage them through a different means, whether that's like going to a yoga class or getting together with your friends. Um, You know, I, I don't know what that looks like for you, but those are the important things. Those are things that can help you manage these emotions that seemingly are overwhelming you and, and kind of pushing you towards drinking. And that's, that's something for you to really think about is what did I used to do before I would use alcohol to manage my emotions? Um, so I encourage you to do that. I would say write down a list or, or even if you have new ideas of how to manage your emotions, um, maybe, maybe write those down as well. But the uh, long story short is you're always going to have emotions in your life. You know, what happens if you go to the doctor or something next day and they tell you, like, you can't drink anymore? Uh, This actually happened to a buddy of mine. He has gout. So he kind of had to choose between drinking and, like, changing his diet if he, like, to, to make a lifestyle change. And he chose to change his diet so he could still drink. Um, which is totally fine because he's not, you know, he doesn't rage or anything, but he does like to have cocktails and stuff. So he just changed his diet. Um, but what happens if you go to the doctor and you have a health complication that's like, hey, you should stop, you can't drink anymore or else your health is going to fail. You, you might have to find a new way to manage your emotions. So that's something to strongly think about. If alcohol wasn't there, what would you do? Um, and, and get yourself a, a list of those things. Um for the next piece um, is uh, I, the little way I want to break this down is you got to get a strategy and then stick to it. It's kind of like um, it, it, it's really obviously discipline focused, but you have to find something that resonates with you. So when I was early sobriety and I had the urge to drink and I'll just break this down for you, um, the whole thing. So when I was in early sobriety and I had the urge to drink, um, especially because I was at home by myself a lot. Um, I, I basically gave myself like a couple, a little bit of grace, but then I was really hard on myself. So the first time I thought about drinking, I just kind of brushed it off. I was like, oh, you know, I, I had the urge to drink. That's not that bad. I didn't, I didn't succumb to the, that urge and, and everything's fine, right? So there's, there's step one. Step two is if I, ha- if I have the urge to drink a second time, then I owe myself some form of exercise. And the reason that this works for me is because I get a very like visceral, um, like chemical reaction from exercising. It makes me feel better. Um, I feel like I've accomplished something. Um, obviously the endorphin rush is great. So exercise for me really helped. Um, I would be like, okay, I owe myself like 20 burpees if I think about drinking a second time. And eventually I was just like, you know, I did a lot of burpees. Um, but this is all in a day, right? So it's the first time in one day I brush it off. The second time in one day I, I owe myself some burpees. Now, if it happens a third time, I go, okay, I have to get out of the house and I have to go somewhere where I'm not going to drink. So for me, I went to the movie theater a lot. I went and saw a bunch of movies by myself, especially in the first year of sobriety because I was like, they don't serve alcohol here. I, you know, like I can't drink in here. 
I'm, I'm going to go watch a movie and I'm not going to leave in the middle of it to go drink and stuff like that. So that's, you know, that's, that's what I did. It, it worked for me is, is essentially what I'm saying. And then if I would get out of the movie and I would think about it for a fourth time, I call a friend and I say, Hey, what are you doing right now? Can I, can we do something? I'm, I'm wanting to drink and I really don't want to do that. And so I need to be around somebody right now. And I got, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm very lucky that I have the friends that I have because, uh, you know, there's so many times that my buddies, um, have helped me out of a jam, have spent time with me when I want to drink. Um, yeah. So shout out the six guys in particular, um, and they know who they are, so I don't have to name them all, but those guys were instrumental in, in me maintaining my sobriety. Um, so that, that was my strategy. Okay. I set up parameters for myself that I know were going to work for me. I know what my limits were and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to exceed those limits. So I put this strategy in place. Now for you, this probably looks different. You know what I mean? You probably, maybe exercise isn't really your thing. Maybe it doesn't give you that rush. Maybe movies aren't your thing. Maybe you don't want to call people when you're feeling this way. But I think the format of how many times you think about drinking in a day, you need to have a reaction to those thoughts and to those, you know, to those urges you need to f- figure out what you're going to do when that happens. Because I tell you what, it's, you know, over three years now, and there's probably not a day that goes by that I don't want to drink, you know, or, or have some codeine or do something like that. Like, I, I'm, I miss it. You know what I mean? I don't miss the, the side effects, though. I don't miss how, it, how I became dependent on it. I don't miss how it, you know, almost fucked up my life. I don't miss how it almost fucked up my health. I don't miss any of that stuff, but I do miss the feeling. I do miss the escape. I miss having like this magic little thing that when shit gets hard for me and my anxiety is going nuts or when I'm feeling sorry for myself or whatever, I I miss having an easy release. Um, I think human beings, like they need a, they need a release. They need something to help them cope um, cause we're just a bunch of conscious beings like walking around and being like, this is fucked up. And then, and then not having something to help you deal with that is, is tough. So you need something. Um, and you know, maybe that's meditation, maybe that's yoga, maybe that's, um, uh, maybe that's a play date with your, with your kids and their friends or something like that. I don't know. I'm just spitting out examples, but you have to have a reaction for your urges. You have to have a strategy and you have to stick to it and you need to write it down tape it up on your wall, put it on your, you know, make it your screensaver, whatever you got to do, but you have to constantly be working. This is a grind. You know what I mean? This isn't a one-time deal. So, so you got to be entrenched in it. You got to live it. Um, the second thing I, uh, I want to tell you is they, or sorry, the third thing is you need to have sort of an emo- emotional budgeting system. Um, and what I mean by that is that you, you have to not let yourself. Um, you have to not let yourself dwell on things, right? And sometimes I think the best way to do this is like, kind of, almost scheduling time to think about things and feel feelings and things like this. Now, this doesn't work for everybody because some people's emotional reactions are instantaneous and they just happen, right? I mean, that's it's it's biological. Emotions are. But if you can, if you can try to get yourself to think about um, drinking and not drinking and why you're doing it and stuff like that, and maybe kind of like almost meditating on it, 
Um, but scheduling time in your day to, to really think about it and not only think about the negatives of like, oh man, I wanted to drink today or, oh, this and that, but also think about the positives. Like, damn, I made it through another day. Um, I, you know, I made it through another day. I was, I'm so happy I got to do that and I'm fucking killing it. Right. So you need to schedule yourself some time. And the emotional budgeting piece comes with like, don't let, you know, don't let, um, negative, negative, you know, quote unquote, negative emotions, uh, run the game here. Don't always be sad about the drinking. Don't always be upset about it. Don't always be worried about it. Things like that. Also flip to the other side and be happy that you're not drinking. Give yourself a pat on the back. Um, you know, have some rewards for yourself for not drinking. Um, so, so that's, you also need to figure out what that looks like for you. Um, that one's pretty straightforward, but, um, you know, everybody's a little bit different, um, in regards to emotional reactions. Um, this next thing I think is, it's, I think it's probably pretty controversial. I'm, I don't know too many people who think this way, but I do. I think that if you're an addict, if you're a true addict, that you have to always have something to be addicted to. Now, I, yeah, that's not a super popular opinion, most likely, um, because people are like, hey, I can beat addiction. And I'm just speaking from my point of view here is I have not been able to do it. I, I have just picked up new things, basically, to take place of drinking and pills. Um, Jiu-jitsu, for me, is one of those things. Boxing, for me, is one of those things. Um, obviously, I gave the example earlier about exercise. Um, but I essentially have found things to entrench myself in, things that make me feel better, things that help me cope with these feelings, with these emotions. Um, and basically, you know, I'm, I'm just utilizing another thing. I'm relying on another thing that is, quote unquote, healthier than a substance. So I'm still, you know, I'm still an addict. <laughs> it's, I don't think I'm ever going to not be, to be honest. I'm always going to be addicted to something. But the nice thing is that these things can change and morph over time. And I can, and I can pick up new, new things to be addicted to that are healthier. And I can recognize that I'm getting addicted and that I'm overdoing it and things like that. So I think you should find something in place of those things. So, uh, yoga is a good place to start. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of things that are, that are physical or meditative. Um, typically not like, you know, ha happen where alcohol is, is served or anything like that. But like yoga is great. Uh, martial arts is great. Um, cycling is great. Um, so basically, basically anything you can do to, to chew up like a couple hours of your day, um, at least like you know, three to five times a week, I think that's a great place to start. Um, and if, if you can't go to a yoga studio or something, you jump on YouTube. There's so many, there's so many yoga channels on there and you can do them right at home and it's great. You know what I mean? It's, it's very simple, but you have to have something. You have to have something that you look forward to every day that's for you and you in particular. Um, and you know, you just gotta, you, you just gotta commit to that thing and you gotta really entrench yourself in it. Um, the next thing is hobbies. Um, sober people are notorious for having every fucking hobby in the world because they have to chew up their free time and they kind of have to distract themselves from wanting to use substances. So a little bit like what I was just talking about with finding a new addiction, you'll probably find a few, to be honest with you. 
you'll probably like start playing guitar and, and doing yoga and start drawing and doing photography, like all this shit, right? It can be creative. It can be physical. It can be whatever, but you got to find some stuff, right? And if one hobby isn't enough, if one new addiction isn't enough, get a couple, you know what I mean? Um, it, it's, it's definitely valuable. It's super helpful. And you're also learning new things and you're doing new things. You're stretching yourself. And I think that's, um, I think that's the real downfall of being reliant on a substance is that you never challenge yourself when you're using substances, really. You kind of always go, well, oh, this is what I do. I just I go to work and then I drink and then that's it, blah, blah, blah. But with, you know, with sobriety, you get to try all these new things and you get to not have a substance dictate your, your worth, your value, and not put you in a box, so to speak, of, of this is what you do. You know what I mean? Um, so take this time to explore and try a bunch of stuff. You know what? Go fail at some shit. You know what I mean? I have, I've done that with plenty of things. I've failed all over the place with a bunch of different hobbies, and I'm, ju- I'm just happy that I tried them out. You know what I mean? Some of them stuck. Some of them didn't. And, uh, but, but I will probably keep collecting hobbies until, you know, until it's time for me to, to say goodbye. Um, so yeah, get yourself some, some hobbies, um, preferably like one to two. Um, and then the other thing that I sort of touched on earlier is be around people who hold you accountable. That's, I I can't tell you enough how valuable this one is. If people know that you're, that you're trying not to drink, um, or that you're, or that you're sober or, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, you got to find people who are going to, who are going to hold you accountable. And, you know, that can be family, that can be friends, that can be whoever, you know what I mean? Somebody you're dating, but just as long as you have a place to go to spend time with people that are also not drinking, you know, or at the time, later on, you'll graduate to being around people who, who drink and you can be around them and, and maintain your sobriety. But especially in early sobriety, you got to go around some people who don't drink that much or who at the very least respect what you're trying to do, you know? So that's it. You know, those are my, those are my tips. Um, I hope, I hope that you find, find those valuable, um, as far as like strategy and things, you know, things to combat those urges go. Um, but the last thing I want to leave you with is, is something to think about. What is your motivation for being sober? Like why, why are you getting sober? And, for me, I kind of just talked about that. It, it, it was ruining my life. You know what I mean? It was making me a shell of the person that I am. I, I stopped challenging myself. I stopped trying. I, my health was failing. My mentality was failing. And I was completely 100% addicted to alcohol and opiates and relying on those things to get me through a day and help me, help me manage my anxiety and my life, everything. Right? So, my question to you is, why do you want to get sober? What is your motivation? And, and why are you in this situation now? And if you can answer that question, and you can answer it honestly, I think all these strategies that I just gave you will fall into place. Because before I was willing to admit that I was an alcoholic, I tried to get sober. But I gave myself fake reasons, fake motivations for trying to get sober. And guess what? It didn't work until finally one day I was like, wow, I'm an, I am an alcoholic. I'm a straight up alcoholic. And after I took ownership of that word and put it in my vocabulary and, and made it about me, 
man, that opened up my world. It made me go, holy shit. That's why I've been trying to get sober. That's why I'm so sad about the situation I am in, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So that's my question to you. That is, that is the main thing that I want you to think about after you listen to this episode is why are you getting sober? And then all these other things that I talked to you about will fall into place. You'll understand why you need to do what you need to do to keep yourself away from, from the bottle, you know? And I would love an update on that as well, Jody, if you, uh, if you have time and you're willing, I I'd love to know why you want to get sober and, and if any of these strategies are going to help you do that, you got to know that reason. So, um, thank you so much, um, Jody for writing in. I, I sincerely hope this helps you. Um, I, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time to write in and I'm right there with you. I'm fighting the battle too. So any, anytime you need to reach out to me and ask me for tips on this, I'm more than happy to help you and, uh, keep fighting the good fight. And, uh, to everybody else, um, hit me up with your questions and concerns. We'll hear, um, some of Jody's other questions later on, uh, probably another one later this month. Um, and then, and then a remainder after that. Um, but yeah, thank you so much guys for joining me this week. Um, I hope everybody has a great week and, um, you know, bless y'all.